Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Welcome to Crying Shots. I'm Bree. And I'm Joe. Um, do we have... We don't have any updates from previous episodes, right? We do not. Okay, I didn't think so. We're just going to kick off 2022 with a bang. No updates. Just cruising right along. Yeah. 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 So, I, I thought for sure that the amount of time that we've spent discussing cases in Southeast Texas that something would have come across in West Texas, but no. So, uh, we're going to talk about Beaumont. Beaumont. Love that place. B-A-U-Mont. B-E-A-U-Mont. B-A-U-Mont. It's, it's Beaumont. Beaumont. Uh, Beaumont is uh, southeast Texas, just about an hour north of the coastline. Yeah. Yep. And about 30 minutes from the Louisiana state line. And I'm going to say it's a shithole. Prove me wrong. <laughs> That's rude. But, uh, you know, whatever. There's shitholes everywhere. Just because you live in a shithole doesn't make you a shithole. Okay, well, I guess that's one way to put it. So, Beaumont has a population of around 120,000. Yeah, yep. It's known for the Spindletop Gladys City Boomtown Museum. I think we need to give up on all this known for stuff. The what? The Spindletop Gladys Boom City... No, what? no. Spindletop Gladys City Boomtown Museum. I feel like now we're just making shit up. No. It commemorates the discovery of oil at the Spindletop Hill Salt Dome in 1901. So what is Gladys? I feel like it is a person. I didn't re- I didn't look into that. So let's say it again. Spindletop Gladys. Spindletop Gladys City Boomtown Museum. Maybe it used to be called Gladys City? Maybe. And some idiot came in and was like, Beaumont! <laughs> yeah. And here um, we are. This is something that I had never heard of. It's also, Beaumont's also called the Golden Triangle. Mm. The Golden is in reference to the money that came along with the oil boom. And the Triangle right. is the three cities, Beaumont, Point Arthur, and Orange. And Gladys City. That's, mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's a square now. Uh, you did turn it into a square, just like that. 
Yeah. I mean, okay. I get it. So it was an oil town. Oil yeah. boom town. Beaumont. I mean, that's why it's a shithole now, right? Once, once you kind of... Once the town booms, With it busts. Oil? You think so? Yeah. Maybe so. Okay, so we're... Uh, this is about uh, Mary Catherine Edwards. She was raised in Beaumont and was known to friends and family as Kathy. Kathy. So Kathy was born July 9th, 1963 to uh, Marianne and Loom Edwards. Loom. L-O-O-M? Nope. L-U-M-E. No, just L-U-M. Lum? Lum. Loom? Lum. I went with Loom because Lum just sounds silly. What's the last name? Edwards. Don't don't Google it. We're moving on. Well, I just want to see because it's got to be short for something. That can't be. Probably. So Kathy attended Forest Park High School, which was one of three high schools, and eventually merged with another high school in 1982 and became Westbrook Senior High School. All right. So after graduating in 81... Kathy went on to become an elementary school teacher, which kudos to them because I couldn't do that. Um, And she had become one of the favorites. So I know like where I went to school, um, each grade had their like favorite teachers that everyone wanted to be in their homeroom class. Mm -hmm. Like even now with my kids. There's those favorite teachers that you try really hard each year to get them into those classes. Right. Right. Um, kids just seem to connect with them better, and it just works. Um, but Kathy was that teacher. Okay. So she had tons of friends and family uh, that all pretty much lived in the same area. In 1995, Kathy moved into her own place which was a townhouse on Park Meadow Drive. And by the looks of it on the map, it was just right down the road from the high school. And they don't look like tor- horrible townhomes. Like, it's like a well-kept little subdivision there. Yeah. It's 1995. By now, Kathy's like 31 years old. She was born in 63, 95, 31. And she's a well-established school teacher, finally living out on her own. On January 14th, 1995, Kathy's parents had called her, but received no answer. So I'm not sure if maybe they had plans or something, or like, like she didn't show up for something. I'm not, I don't know why they were calling her. I don't know what was going on. But they called her. She didn't answer. Right. I only say that because, like, sometimes I may go a couple of days without responding to texts or calls or something just because I don't feel like it. Or, like, I have other plans and nothing. nobody's really alarmed by it. I can't say days, but... No, I will. That's kind of crazy. But I, mean, I say that because, like, if I make plans or something... And just don't show up. Right. And and then no one like, can get hey, a hold of happened? me. Then 
Yeah, then right. of course everybody will worry. So that's why I feel like I'm not sure what the circumstances were that they got so alarmed by her not answering the phone, mm-hmm. but they did. I mean, I can see that. Right. So after enough time passes uh, that they couldn't reach her, they go over to her house. So do you see what I'm saying? They're really alarmed. Yeah, but I mean, so you're saying this is after, what, 24 hours? I think it's the same day that they tried to call her. I mean, it sounds like they probably communicated quite often, right? Right. So if they call every single day and then one day it doesn't work out. Just she had just moved out of their house and moved right. out. Right. Plus, on her this own. is a this is a thirty one year old. I'm assuming single. Yes. Woman that's kind of living by herself. I mean, I, you can only imagine they'd want to kind of keep an eye on her. You know? Right. Right. Um. So they go to her house, and of course, she doesn't come to the door. So they go in. Mm-mm. They go into her house. Yep. And her father finds her in. Her bathtub drowned. Ugh. So, uh, Kathy had her hands handcuffed behind her back. Oh, my God. And like I said, she was drowned. Um, Investigators determined she had also been sexually assaulted. And there did not appear to be evidence of forced entry. Okay. So... Other than collecting basic evidence, authorities didn't really have much to go off of. But she knew her attacker. I mean, obviously they're assuming that because there's no evidence of forced entry, but they don't they have they don't have they have nothing. Right. They I mean they take samples of everything, they try to get fingerprints, DNA, all that kind of stuff, but nothing's coming up. They run it through everything and it's just that, I mean, they don't, they have no idea what could possibly have happened to her. She's a well-loved elementary school teacher. Yep. So, the case goes cold. Right. On the Texas Department of Public Safety website, under unsolved homicides, this case is listed, and I'll just read what it says. It says, Mary Catherine Edwards, race, white, sex, female, city Beaumont, County Jefferson, related year 1995. It says, Mary Catherine Edwards was a vibrant and loved school teacher in Beaumont, Texas. On January 14, 1995, she would not respond to phone calls. Her parents went to her house on Park Meadow Street in Beaumont. At her home, they discovered her body in a bathroom. Uh, Kathy had been sexually assaulted and murdered. She was 31 years old at the time of her death. Beaumont police detectives and Texas Rangers conducted an exhaustive investigation, but the case remains unsolved. Hmm. And so, sexually assaulted, they didn't get any DNA samples? Well, that's what I'm saying. They did. They they ran fingerprints, they ran ran DNA, and nothing's coming up. So they got fingerprints and they got DNA. Yeah. Wow. And so it just goes cold. Mm. Then, in April of 2020, investigators decide to run the DNA collected at the scene through a genetic genealogy program. Yes. Okay, so side note. 
here are my questions for whoever is in charge of stuff like this. Mm-hmm. My questions. What determines a cold case to be looked at again? I mean, I assume it's just it's if somebody decides to look at it. I mean, that's there's I'm sure there's tons of them, right? Right. Oh, yeah. There's so a it's lot. the initiative of the officers, really, or a family member coming in and saying, hey, check it again or putting pressure on people is probably the only thing. Well, there seems to be a lot of murders that have been solved in 2020. Is mm-hmm. that because of the pandemic? No. Like, is everyone just like sitting around pulling out cold case boxes because there's nothing else <laughs> we to got do nothing on lockdown? Else to do. Like, everybody's on lockdown. Let's just pull out these cold case files, run it again. Because you see what I'm saying? I just feel like there was a lot. I think it's more just the fact that. Um, who was it? The Golden State Killer that they caught like that? Heck yeah, they did. So I think that kind of brought notoriety to it and people were like, oh, we can do this? And they started trying. Yeah. I mean, obviously you're not going to get hits on every single one. Right. And right. it's probably less likely. I mean, it's it's more likely you wouldn't get a hit, I would assume, right? So maybe one out of every ten. So maybe they did run, you know... Now, I'm not saying every department, but maybe a lot of departments ran a lot of different cases and, you know, they might have got a few hits. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is that's what I was going to say earlier. When you said there was DNA, it's a matter of time, right? I mean, if as long as you have something there, I feel like it's a matter of time before they catch somebody. So that doesn't it doesn't shock me that it happened. I feel like that's kind of a kind of a given in my head if if you have fingerprint and dna evidence at some point it's going to get solved just a matter of when they figure it out in my you know as far as i'm concerned as far as i figure right okay makes sense does that make sense or no i mean yeah but i I, I, they have to have well, what I'm getting at is, as long as they have something, right? Like most, the most cold cases we talk about, they don't have any of that kind of evidence. Yeah. I feel like if they have the DNA and the fingerprints, it's just a matter of time before technology catches up to the point where they could either, I mean, who knows, right? Maybe they can reverse search a DNA or, you know, a DNA profile at some point where they can actually say, Oh, well, maybe this is what this person looked like, or maybe this is a description of this person, or you can get characteristics off of it eventually. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you can do it now, but I feel like eventually at some point technology is going to get to the point where they can, they won't need another DNA sample to match it. They'll be able to kind of figure it out. Yeah. So at some point, if they have DNA, I feel like at some point it's going to get solved. It's just a matter of when it happens. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So they run it through genetic genealogy. Um, so for people that are not familiar with genetic genealogy programs, um, I'm talking about things like 23andMe that can build genetic backgrounds from DNA samples. Right. So the... 23andMe website specifically, um, just because that's the most one that I've heard, I'll I'll use that as an example, says that it can determine, depending on, like, what you pay for, um, it can determine ancestry, 
it can determine traits, geographic, like geographic regions of where like your ancestry comes from. Right. Um, it can build a family tree. It can help find relatives. It can. Which that's what I'm saying, right? That technology is relatively new. So that's the kind of thing when they start expanding on that technology and start being able to do other things with it even more. And right. Even more specific. I mean, it's going to get crazy. Right. Well, that's what I was fixing to say. Like the, the, the premium membership, you can, yeah. it can tell you like heart health or migraine reports and sleep apnea reports. And it can tell you what you're more susceptible to. <laughs> so in an instance like this, if they run DNA from a crime scene, the only some the only way something will come up is if similar DNA has been entered into that system. Right. So it's important to note that not all companies release that information. That's interesting. So if you use one of the genealogy programs and you don't want and, and you do not consent to releasing your information, they can't legally give your information to anyone. I mean, it makes sense with HIPAA laws and everything else out there. That makes perfect sense. Right. You, just, you would think they'd be able to use it in a legal sense, even if they didn't make it public, right? It doesn't have to... I mean, obviously it's a legal decision, but you would think it wouldn't have to be a... You wouldn't have to give consent if they needed it in a legal sense. Right. So I checked uh, 23andMeAncestry.com, um, MyHeritage.com, and this is what this is what they say. We will not release any individual legal personal information to law enforcement without your explicit consent, unless required by law. We closely scrutinize all law enforcement and regulatory requests, and will not comply with and will only comply with court orders, subpoenas, search warrants, or other requests that we determine are legally valid. So there probably is, I guess there probably is a, a legal boundary there where as long as you could get a judge to say, hey. Yes. Which, how would you do that, though? I guess you would have to submit the warrant with the DNA and basically say, the judge is saying you have to show us anything that hits this. Because obviously you can't, you don't know if there's a hit until you submit it, right? Right. And they're right. not going to come back and go, there's a hit, but we're not going to tell you anything about it. Well, here's the question gonna... I have, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you determine which program you're going to request it be run through? Because Meaning for which... example, for example, 23andMe is going to have right. whoever's paid them. Right. Ancestry.com is going to have whoever's paid them. So, how do you determine who you're going to subpoena? Right. And that's part of what I was saying earlier, too, was, you know, it's not it may not even just be whether the department feels like getting around to it. It may be a big money issue. Think about how many cases there may be and how much that's going to cost. Right. And then multiply that by how like you're saying, how many other programs there are. Right. So it's not like this is a national database and you could just go in and search it. You're going to have to go through each company one at a time and hope that you get a match. And right. that's a lot of money, too. A lot of money, a lot of time, a lot of dedication. Yeah. Oh, I get it. So, while the companies that promote that they'll never provide information to anyone, if there's a court order, then yes, they will. Mm -hmm. It's also important to note that most people 
do this to connect with distant relatives and find out about their heritage. So if you check that box that says that no one can find you, then in some ways it kind of defeats the purpose of paying for the service anyway. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're looking for somebody or you're trying to build a family tree, you checking that box is not going to defeat your search. It's going to defeat somebody else's search from finding you. So a right, privacy well, aspect there. but No, yeah, but what I'm saying is most people that use them are doing it to try to, like, establish their ancestry or learn right. about themselves and their family That's history. That's true. That may be true. So if you're closing yourself off from the get-go, then, I mean, you're defeating the purpose anyway. Yeah. But, like I said, I'm not sure which programs these authorities used in this particular case, because they don't say... I'm sure there's a reason why they don't say that, because I've never read... That's probably illegal. Yeah. Um, but they ran it, and they got a match. <laughs> so, um... I also don't know how many times that ha it's been raised. We were just talking about which program you choose. So I don't know if maybe it had been run in other programs and nothing came back. But right. anyway, in 2020, they ran it. It came back. Um, investigators were able to find very, very distant cousins, which they then followed the family tree back to someone in Ohio. Okay. Here's the crazy part. So, the DNA led them to a man named Clayton Foreman. Clayton, who was living in Ohio, attended the same high school as Kathy in Beaumont. Mm. Kathy was actually a bridesmaid in Clayton's first wedding. Wow. So, Clayton's arrested and charged with murder. <laughs> uh, when investigators start putting their case together they find out that another one of Clayton's classmates had been raped in 1981 mm. Clayton pled guilty to that rape wow and was sentenced to three years probation wait back so then. another one of his classmates had been raped he she raped went... he raped someone in 1981 she went to the authorities. He pled guilty and gotcha. received three years probation. Gotcha. Wow. Wow. So, Clayton was also responsible for organizing the class reunions, which he also attended. And he had even put together a tribute to classmates that had passed away. Of course he did. So, basically a tribute to the, the woman His he victim. murdered. Yep. As of mm. today, uh, January 2022, Clayton is being held pending trial. I mean, so he's pleading not guilty to this one? Um, I don't think he's actually entered a plea yet. Because okay. he was officially arrested in... So they ran the DNA in April of 2020. They found him, did all the investigative... They actually, like, snooped through his trash mm. 
to get his DNA from his trash. Yeah. And that's how they and they matched it like spot on with that. Wow. Um but that he wasn't officially arrested and charged until 2021. Right, right. Cuz yeah, you know I'm they sure had to do all, all their time. Right. And so obviously everything is still running super super slow with covid right and so yeah so we're just hitting january of 2022 and he i don't he hasn't entered a plea yet not like he's like he's just pending trial like he hasn't even had a chance to uh do any of that yet so right but if he had been put away for the rape in 1981 this would never happen but this happens all the time, and I just it it blows my mind that these judges, you'd you'd think there'd be some kind of blowback to a judge that is willing to give somebody such a lenient sentence, mm-hmm. and then they come back later and do the exact same thing or worse. Yeah. Again. No, you I would get it. Think, you yeah. would think a judge would have to be held accountable for that kind of thing. Well, you would think that judges would be more concerned with putting away people that you know, rape people or molest people or whatever versus, you know, guys getting pulled over with marijuana. But that's what I'm saying. I feel like there's some, there's almost culpability there on the hands of the judges that are allowing these people to go free and nobody's holding anybody accountable. Now, there may not be any way to do that in the law, but I feel like that needs to change. Yeah. Our justice system is not perfect and we all know that. And I feel like there's a lot of, that kind of thing that can be fixed. Yeah. And it happens way too often. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah. I, f- I mean, I fully agree. Mm. It, I mean, I just, but what can they do? I mean, I guess that's why they're, that's the purpose of lawyers, right? To fight the case. I, I don't know. Well, but what, what ends up happening is you have these crooked lawyers that are, in cahoots with these crooked judges that are buddy-buddy, right? They've got their own little, you know, lawyers get paid a lot of money. I don't know how much judges make, but it's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a state salary. So they're not going to get bonuses or any kind of extra money for anything. So who's to say these judges aren't paying or these lawyers aren't, you know, giving a little kickback to the judges for helping them out. Right. I mean, I'm not saying they are, and I'm not, making allegations of that but that 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 you know it's happened you know it's happened yeah and i don't know i feel like there's there's too much of that craziness going on that nobody ever looks into when somebody gets a few months probation or a couple years probation for a full-on rape that they plead guilty to mm-hmm. come on yeah like oh but then you have to keep in mind also with our justice system the way that it is, you have to prove somebody guilty. So if they felt like they didn't have a good enough case, they had to just kind of get a get a plea deal as best they could. Yeah, so but I if, mean, let's how, say they didn't have. It had any to evidence. have been a good case because they had the girl saying that that he was her assaulter. Well, sure, but who's to say it wasn't consensual and she's just making it up? Ugh, typical male response. I'm just saying, that's the no, issue. You've got to you've got to convince a jury of. 
Yeah, I get so it. So there, there is that problem with that. the people who cry wolf, and then it ruins, right. you know, the credibility of the actual right. victims. Yep. I understand. So, Kathy is buried, and she's located in McFadden Private Cemetery within the Magnolia Cemetery. So there, I guess there's a private area within an, a, a general cemetery. I don't know. Kind of odd. Yeah. You'd think all cemeteries would be private cemeteries. I mean, they're all... You pay to get buried there, right? So you purchase the plot. Yeah, but I guess if it's like a... So my this is just my, what I imagine a private cemetery to be. Like, just a... A, a private area that people can't just go and look and gawk, you know, because there are people who like to just like tour cemeteries for no apparent reason. Crazy people. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, people who have private cemeteries, they just, you know, they want their family members to rest in peace and privately, I guess. I mean, I guess. I would feel like. I mean, what, do they got a guard sitting there, not allowing people in? There's probably, like, some tiny little picket fence. Let me look it up. Um, there's, like, a... <laughs> <laughs> not there's... much, huh? No. There's, like, a concrete border on the ground. Don't cross this line unless you Do not cross this concrete. Yeah, that's all it is. I guess maybe that section of land doesn't belong to the Magnolia Cemetery, so they consider it a private cemetery because it's owned by whoever else owns that, you know? Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I mean, it could just be... if it And if it's a private cemetery, you're not going to get the benefits of somebody keeping it up the whole time either. You're going to have to do that yourself. Or exactly. owns it. Your responsibility. Yeah. So that's it. That's it. Yeah. I wish we knew more about him. I, I feel like this is going to be one that there's going to have to be. I mean, there, there's, yeah, there's going to be more to come of it. Yeah. Once it, once it finally does go to trial, there'll be more to come of it. Yeah. But as of right now, that's all we know. That's so, sad. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's crazy that, uh, there's people out there that are just like, oh my god, let's find out our genetic history. And then they get contacted. They're like, um, your cousin's a murderer. Yep. And we need to find him. Well, so. they said it was a distant, distant cousin. So it wasn't even, it probably wasn't somebody he even knew. No, I doubt it, yeah. You know what I mean? It yeah. was probably just way down the family tree and it just happened to, that's right. crazy. Yeah. So I guess right. that tells you something. Everybody needs to give away a, a 23andMe uh, I'm telling you. kit to every family member for Christmas it, Listen, year. I'm not one for like government conspiracy theories, but allowing these companies to, to like, all of a sudden... So they're having all these issues with DNA and stuff, and then all of a sudden they come out with all these 23andMe's and heritage and all this stuff. Oh, you can find your family tree if you just send us your spit. And <laughs> the government's like, yeah, send them your spit, dudes. So now the 
country is the c- civilians are paying to give away their DNA. Well, but that's good. Oh, it's yes, it's good for for the you know the government and the whole. Well, solving crimes, right? Yes, but I'm just saying I think it's funny because we we were in a at a point where the government had to go through leaps and bounds to get our DNA from us, and even then it was difficult. And now, not only are we giving it away for free, but we're paying them <laughs> to give it away. <laughs> well, I mean, unless you're a murderer, you know. If you're a murderer, I would recommend you not go to 23andMe and get a kit, you know, to find out who your relatives are. Because Listen, don't listen to Joe. Don't listen to Joe. Just yes, saying, do if you're it. a murderer... Don't listen to Joe. If you are a murderer or a criminal in any way, please send your DNA into 23andMe. I mean, yes, please do it, but I wouldn't recommend (laughs) it. You know what I mean? I mean, that's all I'm saying. So what I'm getting at is you're talking about people are paying to submit their DNA, but, you know, I doubt murderers are paying for that. Yeah, but they can't stop all of their family members from doing it. Right. And that's the benefit. (laughs) I'm just saying, I just think it's funny, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm not, like I said, it's not like a conspiracy theory. The government's out to get us. They probably are. They but... are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I just think it's funny how this comes out and it's like, oh, by the way, we're mm-hmm. going to we're gonna request your DNA from them. Yeah. Okay, on to the next. Oh, yeah. Yeah.